Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier. We're on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike Taglier NFL. Tags, I've had an eventful day. How was your day going? <laughs> My day's been pretty good. I mean, filled with uh, a bunch of, of, of film on college prospects because that's the season we're in. I'm just happy to be to be like moving on to a different direction. I mean, we had the Super Bowl obviously on Sunday that was uh, somewhat of a letdown in the game. And I know some people are talking about saying that they can appreciate a defensive battle. I don't necessarily think that that was the case. Uh, there, there was a lot of defense, but it wasn't like some big defensive battle. There was just bad offensive football played. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I mean, I, you know, the Patriots schemed very well. They, they looked good. The Rams were fine. They weren't pressuring Brady, like, you know, over the top or anything like that. But I think it's very possible that Tom Brady had the worst game of the year uh, in that game. Like, I'm not saying he was terrible, but I'm saying I think it may have been his worst game of the year. But it just kind of goes to show that the Patriots are just a very well-rounded, well-prepared team. Uh, but yeah, Bobby, the stat I had was Goff has played ever since their bye in week 12. The Rams had played seven games, including the Super Bowl. In those seven games, Jared Goff threw six touchdowns and eight interceptions. So it, it was a really head-scratching game. And in fact, like when it comes to Todd Gurley, many people are expecting him to be announced as injured, but he's not. He came out after the game and said, I am not hurt. I, I, I am perfectly healthy. Which means we can't draft him first overall next year. I'm not doing it. Well, CJ Anderson's not going to be there. So CJ Anderson's going to be gone. It doesn't matter if they're not going to play him like a workhorse in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I just think that they, I think that Sean McVay just overthought everything in the Super Bowl and, and you know, not game planning for the opponent that they had, not adjusting to the weaknesses. And I, I just felt like it was his first time there. And uh, something tells me that we're going to see Sean McVay's teams back in the Super Bowl again. Absolutely. So, Tags, we have a pretty fun show planned today. Why don't you tell them a little bit about what we're going to be doing? Yeah, so uh, at the end of the year, this is obviously one of my favorite times of the year where we get to go through and uh, examine some things that we don't have time to do in the regular season. So uh, I, I put together this article. It's something I did last year, and I, I kind of expanded on it this year where I put together 175 interesting stats from the 2018 fantasy football season. Uh, I put it in an article form. If you guys want to see that, you can go to fantasypros.com forward slash facts. F-A-C-T-S. And we're going to be talking about our favorite ones today. Bobby gathered uh, his top 10 and I have my top 10. Although, it, Bobby, I'm going to be honest. It was really hard for me to pick 10 stats from this. It's like it's like they're all kids to me and I find these things all interesting and that's why I'm sharing them with you guys. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the episode today because uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. Before we start on uh, your facts, I do have one fact that I want to share with people. It's about Julian Edelman. He has two seasons with over a thousand receiving yards. And you guys want to talk about putting him in the Hall of Fame? He's got 30 touchdown receptions. That's like, is he a top 300 wide receiver all time? Tags? I don't know. Uh, no. Uh, so basically, I uh, I did a radio interview yesterday, and uh, they asked me about that. And uh, I was pretty clear in my Twitter uh, exchanges that I said that he's not a Hall of Famer. And as a matter of fact, Bobby... Earlier this year, I did a, a thing on my Twitter uh, where I basically said these are the top 20 wide receivers in my mind from a talent standpoint at this point in time. He's never been top 20 ever in his whole career. If you want to make the argument that he's borderline top 20 right now, okay, it's semantics. It's going to be a role. What role does he fit in a certain offense? And is he good for this offense? Sure. But I am so tired, Bobby, of the people telling me that Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer because of his playoff resume. I guess Nick Foles is too, man. Yeah, Bobby, please. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> Calvin Johnson doesn't have the, the playoff resume that Julian Edelman does. Does that mean that Calvin Johnson is not the Hall of Fame receiver? No. Can you imagine if he was with Tom Brady? 
he'd have 10 billion receiving yards in the playoffs. That's my thing, Bobby, is that there is not many players in this world ever in the NFL history that have been able to play in as many playoff games and or Super Bowls that Julian Edelman has. And he's been good in them. Yeah. And, and if other people have had those opportunities, they may have done better. We do not know. But what I'm saying is that because it's not an even playing field in terms of not everybody getting playoff experience, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Does it matter? Yes, because he shows up in big moments. But the Hall of Fame to me, I am so tired of this argument. It's the Hall of Fame. This is supposed to be the best of the best. If you are not top five at your position during any point in your career, you are not even in the conversation. And Julian Edelman is not anywhere near the top five. I promise. Never has been, never will be. Yeah, Bobby, I, I, I encourage our listeners who are listening right now and, and that think that Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. I encourage you to sit down, write down on a piece of paper who, if he's in top 10, I want you to write down, you know, names that you'd put behind him. Because if you do your rankings, I promise you, you will not put him in your top 10 in that that just means he's not even close to Hall of Fame. All right, Tag, so we are going to get into our facts in just a second. First, though, we do have a giveaway going on. It ends this Friday. It's a signed T.Y. Hilton Colts helmet. You can enter at fantasypros.com slash contest. And again, that ends Friday, so make sure to get your entry in. And, of course, that come to us from pristineauction.com. We've been talking about them quite a bit. And uh, Tag's everything, guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And there are great values that you can find this time of year, right? There absolutely are. This is actually my favorite time. And I had a friend reach out to me today, actually. He said, hey, if I get started on Pristine Auction, what do I got to do? And I'm like, well, first off, you tell them that we sent you there because obviously we want to keep doing these giveaways. But I told them that right now is probably one of the best times to actually go and get football memorabilia because football is going to go to the back of everyone's mind. You know, during the NFL season, everybody's like, oh, this player, I want to get this guy's helmet or this guy's jersey or a signed picture, anything. And right now is the perfect time. I'm already looking at baseball stuff. Like, I'm completely guilty, too. And that's why, you know, great values are going to slip through the cracks. Like, Tags, yep. I saw a William the Refrigerator Perry signed Bears jersey yesterday. <laughs> 50 bucks, dude. Wow. That would be, that, I mean, that's that goes in the man cave, and it's a conversation starter. Like, I was looking at a Tony Romo signed helmet earlier today, and uh, I think there's still a bunch of Cowboys fans still sticking around. But I'm going to end up getting a Romo signed helmet this offseason. You know, I probably shouldn't tell you this, Tags, because this is going to make you really sad. There was a signed Amari Cooper, blue, beautiful Cowboys helmet, 92 bucks. Oh, you! Sh this is where you have to text me. I should have called you. Yeah, you should have texted me. You should have anything. I actually saw after the fact. Otherwise, I would have bid on it myself and not told you. <sighs> you know, you see, I get one per team. Man. What a value. What a steal, man. I'm just happy that I didn't get a Raiders Amari Cooper one in time because I, I was actually bidding on those in the time when he was with the Raiders. I just never got them. But uh, I'm, I'm happy that I didn't wind up with a Raiders Amari Cooper helmet because nobody's going to remember that. Yeah, now you're going to have to wait till they get another good skill player, and that might be another decade, man. <laughs> it could be. I could just go Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> anyway, if you guys haven't checked out pristineauction.com, they've got hundreds of auction items that end every single day. Check them out. There's something for everyone's cave, no matter who you're a fan of. pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, and make sure to sign up for that signed T.Y. Hilton Colts helmet at fantasypros.com slash contest. It takes about 30 seconds to enter. All right, Tag, so we've each got our top 10 facts from this article, and we're going to count them down. You're going to go first. I'll go first. All right. These are my babies anyway. So number one, uh, I have, if you were to combine all the quarterbacks in the NFL from 2018, they would have posted a 92.7 quarterback rating. That number is higher than the career marks of Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Troy Aikman. And wait a minute. I know there's a lot of people out there saying right now that, like, well, well, Mike, it's a different era. 
it's also higher than the career marks of Andrew Luck and Matthew Stafford. That's combining every single quarterback from this year. So it kind of just goes to show this stat is basically showing the NFL has gone to a passing league. You're going to be able to find quarterbacks later in drafts. Is there anything else to take away from that? Well, I don't know, man. Let, let, let me ask you this. Why did this happen? Is it the coaching schemes? Is it the rule changes? Is it just better players, worse defense? What's going on? I think it's a combination of a lot of factors. You have a lot of younger offensive minds coming into the game. And you're seeing that with the, with the head coaching hires this offseason is that you're seeing teams willing to go younger because it's working for a lot of teams. I think it's just analytics, purely analytics. Well, analytics does help, but when it comes to this, I think a lot of it comes down to the the play, you know, the, the roughing the quarterback penalties that you get uh, with not interfering with a wide receiver, a defenseless wide receiver penalty. All these things are going to make everything inflated when it comes to the receiving numbers. So naturally, the quarterbacks are just going to look better. Yep. All right. Here's my first one. Tags, this is probably your favorite, and I'm sorry I stole it from you. <laughs> For the fourth straight season, Julio Jones led the league in yards per route run. Minimum 40 targets. Combining the last two seasons, he's averaging 3.00 yards per route, while no other wide receiver is averaging more than 2.53. That means Jones averages 17% more yards per route than the next closest receiver, Michael Thomas. Tags, everyone talks about, hey, Antonio Brown might be the best wide receiver ever. I don't know if anyone's competing with Jerry Rice. It's Julio, right? Yeah, Julio. He's been my favorite receiver for a long time, and people were argue with me saying that I was on the wrong side of that debate, but uh, Julio Jones... He's the best. Yeah, when you look at the yards per route run, it kind of just goes to show what they mean to their team because people will say volume, volume, volume. Uh, Michael Thomas obviously gets volume. Antonio Brown gets volume, but when you continually see Julio Jones ahead of these guys like by a 17% over the last two years, that's that's a massive uh, difference when you talk about the top of it. Like clear-cut Hall of Famers. He's 17% better better than clear-cut Hall of Famers. Yep, and, and and like if we wanted to add on to that one, it was funny because uh, I've asked people, like, you know, when you go and look at this article, I ask you to let me know, like, go to Twitter and tell me what is your favorite stat from the article because I want to hear these things, right? And uh, Tyler Buker from PFF actually said that his favorite one was that Julio Jones owns three of the top 25 single-season receiving performances of all time. There is not one other player who can say that. That's incredible. That's a really good stat. But, you know, the sad thing is he's probably going to have to wait on the Hall of Fame like five years because, I mean, Isaac Bruce isn't even in yet. He's one of the all-time greats, and they're going to let Julian Edelman in ahead of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, imagine that. Was that your second stat, or are you just sharing extra ones because you can? No, I was just sharing that one because Julio okay. Jones, just it just goes to show the separation that he has from the field right now and just how special he is. So just appreciate Julio Jones's greatness. So what is your second one? All right. So my second one, actually, you know, that was one that you'd stole from me. And the third one is actually another one that you stole from me. So I'm going to jump to my number four. Uh, that one is uh, Marcus Mariota threw for 229.8 yards for every one touchdown he threw. That was the most in the NFL. All right. He also, before you tell me that it's all about regression here, is that, oh, it's going to be better in 2019. He also had the high mark in 2017 when he threw for 248.6 yards for every touchdown. Of the quarterbacks to throw at least 400 passing attempts in the last six years, Mariota, Brian Hoyer, Blake Bortles, Deshaun Kaiser, and Geno Smith are the only ones to have thrown for 240 plus yards for every touchdown. Marcus Mariota, he may not throw interceptions in the red zone, but he also just may not throw very many touchdowns, period. Interesting, man. I mean, I don't think anyone's really considering drafting Mariota except for Titans fans who are drafting him first overall, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, to me, this comes down to where when you like not one stat means everything, but when you continually see your name pop up in these lists year over year and you're surrounded by names like Hoyer, like Bortles, like Deshaun Kaiser, it is not a good thing. 
Yeah, I don't know how much longer he will be in the job. And the reason I brought up the Titans fans is because, Tags, I know you remember this, but some of our listeners might not recall. Um, So we were talking about Marcus Mariota just really not being a very good NFL quarterback. Maybe he will be eventually, but he's not quite yet. And Titans fans were, like, totally protecting him, protecting their guy. And I would think if you've got a quarterback like Mariota, you would want him to be gone. Like, everyone in Dallas is, let's get rid of Dak Prescott because he's not a top-12 quarterback. Well, he's kind of borderline. He might be there. Marcus Mariota is not close, yet Titans fans adore him. Yeah, it's it's really tough when, with a guy like Marcus Mariota. And the reason I say that is because he was obviously drafted very high. You spent a lot of equity to get him. Yeah, it's a great guy. You like Marcus Mariota. It's almost like he's good enough to not get like released, not get you know to not get another contract. And he's like one of those guys that I think he's going to hold back a franchise. I just don't believe that you could win a Super Bowl with Marcus Mariota. That's Joe Flacco did it, man. And he's he's not the same type of player as Joe Flacco, but in terms of production everything he's a little bit better than Joe Flacco so who knows man maybe the Titans will get a really good defense they're headed that direction and they'll win a Super Bowl with with Mariota and then he'll be there for 12 years (laughs) yeah we would surely hear about it that's for sure that's right all right here's my number two I love this one you know because we've been doing these mock drafts by the way we have our draft wizard already up so Tags and I've been doing mock drafts Tags is doing like 12 practices a day just to make sure he can keep beating me because He doesn't know that I've just been letting him win to boost his ego. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've been doing these mock drafts, and I've been like, I got to get one of these top three tight ends. I don't really know anymore because listen to this. O.J. Howard's 11.8 yards per target in 2018 ranks as the second highest mark of all time among tight ends with at least 40 targets. His mark of 11.1 yards per target in 2017 would rank fifth all time, but he just missed the cutoff with 39 targets. So his career mark of 11.5 yards per target is the best of all time. It is not even close since they started keeping track of targets. O.J. Howard is super efficient, and uh, I love the new offense that they're going to have there in Tampa. I'm excited about what O.J. Howard's going to do next year. Maybe he takes his jump into that uh, top tier. Yeah, one of the biggest conversations I think a lot of us are going to be having, you know, if we were to like, you know, look into the future and see what people are going to be talking about. I think a lot of people are going to be talking about the Bucks and how that offense is going to be distributed and it all comes down to who's giving them the ball. It's Jameis Winston, right? And Winston has always preferred his tight ends, but then you have Bruce Arians coming in who's never really used a tight end the way that maybe Dirk Cutter's offense has over the years. Jameis is going to do whatever Jameis wants. You know that. I think Jameis has got to mature and I think Bruce Arians is the guy to do it. And I think that like if you're in a dynasty league, I think that Jameis Winston is a phenomenal guy to target you know he has Mike Evans he has Chris Godwin locked up there they have OJ Howard you know Ronald Jones whether he pans out or not whether they draft a running back I don't know but I do happen to think that this offense is going to be very very potent and uh, OJ Howard even in offenses that I would say underachieved the last couple of years. He's performed obviously very well. So OJ Howard, you know, once he starts seeing more targets, you'll see that some of that efficiency come down a little bit, but I still believe that he is a top performer at his position. You know, I know it's uh, your turn, but we're going to keep moving on with my number three because it's about Jameis Winston. And uh, let's just continue the conversation about Jameis Winston. Yeah. He had a league high 70.5% of his yards came through the air. The next closest was Russell Wilson all the way down at 62.6. After him, Andrew Luck at 59.9. Jameis Winston throws the ball deep, man. Yeah, he basically, I mean, what that stat does, it basically shows you that Jameis Winston is willing to let his wide receivers win one-on-one battles because... And why not if you've got some great guys like Evans and Howard and Chris Godwin? It's also what makes Jameis a little bit turnover prone, but hopefully, you know, the Bruce Arian system can help, you know, change some of that and and tone him down just a little bit. But at the same time, it just shows the room for growth. If Jameis grows a little bit and lets his receivers do something after the catch, he could be even better than he's been, you know, because on the flip side of that, Bobby, 
uh, Ben Roethlisberger was on the other side of that. So Ben Roethlisberger, I want to say uh, the stat is in the article. I think Ben Roethlisberger, 46.5% of his yardage came uh, before the catch with like 54% coming after the catch. So he let his receivers do work. You know, I was looking at quarterbacks last year and I like to wait on quarterbacks as well. I had three guys that I really wanted. I had to get one of them. Alex Smith, that sucked. Um, Matt Ryan, that was a great call. Everyone knew Matt Ryan though, right? And then Dak Prescott. Those two were, were both pretty good. You can always wait and get a quarterback. Maybe he turns into Patrick Mahomes. Probably not, but that does happen sometimes. Uh, but next year, I don't want one of three guys. I'm reaching for Jameis Winston. I don't, I, I'm still going to wait late because that's where Winston's going to go. He's going to be the 10th, 11th, 12th quarterback off the board. Maybe in my league, I make him 7th or 8th just to make sure I get him because I think he will be a top three fantasy quarterback next year, Tags. He it's very possible. He's one of those guys that can because he also offers rushing upside. You know, I think we saw him score six rushing touchdowns uh, his first year as a starter. So I do believe that Jameis Winston's ceiling is, you know, a top five fantasy quarterback for sure. Uh, the question is, does he does he remain a value? My my guess again, you know, we're looking forward in the future here. I think by the time August comes around, Bobby, Jameis Winston's going to be drafted as a top 10 quarterback. I think people are going to realize, you know, the, the options he has around him. They don't have necessarily the offensive line. It's not a great run blocking unit. It. I do imagine they're going to add a tackle somewhere in the draft uh, to help protect Jameis Winston, but I do think that this is a team that is going to like get a lot of fantasy owners excited once they sit down and actually realize you know all the potential here. So uh, I think Winston, I, I can imagine his ADP going up to around that QB8 territory. Here's why I disagree, okay? People are going to be taking Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him, probably still Tom Brady, right? Um, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Can you see any of those guys going after Jameis Winston? Who's it going to be? Yeah, I think Brady's going to fall in drafts next year. I think people saw the the trend down. I think Kirk Cousins is someone that people are going to start to fade a little bit. You might see Ben Roethlisberger move down draft boards just because, you know, this whole... Yeah, I didn't even mention him as well. Yeah, with this whole thing with Antonio Brown. So you start thinking about those quarterbacks and like Trubisky, you know, there, there's, there's some red flags there. And there's just so many quarterbacks in that tier where it's like Jameis is going to fit in, you know, with those guys. And you're going to see him go anywhere, probably from the QB7, QB8 territory, all the way down to QB 15, I believe he's going to fall that far in some drafts, but it, it kind of goes back into the fact, like if you're drafting someone that late, you're just looking for the upside with him. And if he doesn't work out, you didn't spend huge equity to get him. So yeah, I, I think Jameis Winston, the floor is ridiculously high. I mean, with him and Fitz, Fitzpatrick together, they were the number two fantasy quarterback. Yeah, no, it, it, it that's how it's been. I mean, Dirk Cutter, obviously the offense is changing, and I imagine that Bruce Arians is going to make it a little bit more run heavy than Cutter's system was, but Winston should get more efficient. Yeah, he's got to fix that offensive line if he wants to make it uh, yeah. run worthy whatsoever. For sure. All right, what's your number three, Tags? All right, number three, here's what I have. I have, as a rookie, Saquon Barkley scored 385.8 PPR points. That was the second highest mark for a running back since 2010. Not by a rookie, by any running back. Uh, so Saquon Barkley, like this, I wanted to bring this one up, not because it's like an obscure stat or anything like that, because, I mean, it's, it's a neat stat, but... I want to have the conversation with you about Saquon Barkley for 2019. And, and how do you view him? Is he your number one running back? Do you drop him down? Because the stuff that he overcame in 2018 to finish with those fantasy points is kind of ridiculous with considering the offensive line, how bad it was considering Eli Manning and how I, he, he wasn't as bad as some people think, but he wasn't great. And it usually takes a great offense to produce a running back to score this many points. So if that offense takes a slight forward step in 2019, how could it not? 
Well, they did just say that Eli Manning is still going to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to draft a quarterback. It's like, I mean, I would imagine they're going to draft Dwayne Haskins unless somebody moves up in front of them and takes him. And then if that's the case, I, I do think they're probably going to wait at quarterback. I'd wait because Haskins is not a first-round quarterback in my mind. He's the best in this class maybe, but none of them are first-round quarterbacks. I think he's worth it. I think that he's the one quarterback that I would say that I'd be willing to spend a first-round pick on him. I, I believe in him. I think I think the arm strength is special. Uh, you know, he's got very limited experience. It's kind of similar to Trubisky. Uh, we're coming out of North Carolina. He had only started 13 games, and it's going to be a learning curve. So if they are going to go with Manning, I think he's the perfect guy to put in there and kind of just you know learn from him because Haskins is a pocket passer. That's what he's going to be. He's got a much better arm. So uh, Saquon's ceiling in 2019, I mean, if this offense does take a step forward, just how high can his ceiling actually go? I'll say this because I know you're not going to give yourself credit. You called this at the beginning of the season when everyone else was ranking all these other guys. Uh, way up there at running back you said no Saquon Barkley's my number three running back he's going to get all the touches it doesn't matter how good the offensive line is how good the offense is he's that special and to all of you a running back doesn't matter truthers out there I'm a little bit in that spectrum I didn't think the Giants should have drafted him that high but Saquon Barkley is the best running back we've seen since Barry Sanders and if this offense gets any better He's going to break fantasy records. He's that good. I mean, that's when you see <laughs> during his rookie season with all those factors. And it's, it's a conversation that I started thinking about, you know, with all these questions about Todd Gurley and, you know, how his season ended and, you know, what does this mean for his future? Uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott is someone that definitely deserves to be in that conversation. I, I don't think it goes. I think the, the top three, the conversation that's going to be is whether it's Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley. And if you told me you wanted to take Saquon Barkley with that number one pick, I have zero argument against it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Tags. Say Saquon Barkley was on the Rams this year, mm -hmm. over or under 495 PPR fantasy points. <laughs> 495? On the Rams. I don't think he would get that high, but I, I will say this, though. Here's a, this, this stat is not in here, but it's in the article. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. No, I've been, I've been literally going through all this, like, and uh, like, I, so all these stats are in my head right now. So Todd Gurley, he scored 21 touchdowns this year. 20 of them came in the red zone. So therefore, when you have Saquon, the guy, the the ability to break, you know, that 80 yard run, the 75 yard run, whatever it is, add that on top of the fact that the opportunity that he's getting inside of the red zone, yes, he would have been a better running back than Todd Gurley. Like that, that's hands down. And uh, you have to wonder how high the ceiling is, but 100 points is an awful lot. Well, here's the thing: Gurley missed two games. He would have been up around 410. Um, also, considered that the Rams only, you know, only eight percent of opposing plays that the opponent stacked the box against them. I mean, if Barkley had that instead of what he had in the, in the Giants, what was it, 25% for the Giants? Yeah. That changes the whole ballgame. I think Barkley is hands down better than Todd Gurley. I, I, I would agree with you on that. I, I mean, after it's like, you know, this is the time of the year we get to go back and watch a lot of other stuff. And Saquon, what he did was special. And uh, I think that we've just started to see, like, you could be talking about him as maybe the greatest running back of all time by, by, when everything is said and done. Yeah, I, I really do believe that, man. It's pretty cool that we get to see it. Go back and watch the tape. It was incredible. It just made me laugh watching just how good he was. He was ridiculous. All right, here's my number four, and this is someone who had a special fantasy season, but in terms of real-life season, it was ugly tags. You probably know who I'm talking about. Big Ben. He totaled the league low 46% of his yards through the air. That means 54% of his yardage came after the catch. So we put up all these yards, but so much of that was, you know, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. 
Yeah, and he had the uh, second most pass attempts, I want to say, um, over the last 10 years, behind only Matthew Stafford, who threw for like 727 times in 2013, if I'm not, maybe 2012. But yeah, he had a whole lot of attempts. His receivers did a whole lot after the catch. I don't believe that Ben Roethlisberger should be drafted, you know, with a top eight quarterback pick. He's like, you know, towards the end, you know, we did our mock draft episode just not long ago. You know, I took Roethlisberger as I think it was the 12th quarterback off the board. And I think that's fair because, you know, you're going to want to start him when he's at home, particularly when he's in a matchup where you know that there's another team that could put points on the board. Uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of matchups out there that you don't want to start him in. And that's weird to say for a guy that threw for over 5,000 yards, but it's very true. And I think that, you know, when I sit down to go through the boom bust and everything between, you know, article that I do, I think you'll see that. You know, he's played, what is it, uh, I don't know, how many seasons has he played? 12, 13 seasons? Yeah. He's only been a top 10 fantasy quarterback four times, Tags. Yeah, he's he, that's the thing. It's just like it's very up and down. And granted, he's got Juju there. He's got Antonio Brown. But maybe that might change this offseason. Yeah, he. I mean, 16 interceptions. That led the league this year. He looked bad. Yeah, there was, there, there was a lot of bad play from Roethlisberger this year. Yeah. Okay. What's your next one? All right. The next one is I had, you knew I had to stick an Amari Cooper stat in here, right? Uh, so while with the Raiders, Amari Cooper averaged a measly 0.43 yards per route run in the slot, which ranked 144th of 152 receivers. And that's the stat that people will point to when they talked about Cooper not being a very good receiver. And I keep going back. Offense matters. With the Cowboys, he averaged 2.77 yards per route run in the slot, which ranked eighth of 152 wide receivers. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Cowboys are, are you know, a mind-blowing offense like that, that, you know, well, they obviously fired their offensive coordinator, but I'm not going to sit here and say that the Cowboys, you know, brought out the best in Cooper. I think they gave him opportunity and I think he made the most of it. I think the ceiling is even higher than some people have seen already. So it just kind of goes to show erase whatever you thought you knew about Amari Cooper with the Raiders, because with the Cowboys, he's a different player. So I'm going to give you five players tags. You tell me which one has the most yards per target since they entered the league. Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs. I feel like you're going to say it's Cooper. I would probably say Hopkins. Cooper is a very close number two. It's Odell Beckham number one, Cooper number two, Diggs number three, Hopkins number four, Evans number five. Cooper is a beast, man. They just misused him. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt about it. So that's why I thought that stat was interesting, just to highlight just how underused he was in Oakland. All right, Jared Goff. This is going to be a big question mark next year. Just because of the one game, I don't really think it should be because he does have Sean McVay, and Sean McVay is still every bit the genius that he was heading into the Super Bowl. He just ran into the GOAT. That's all. And I'm talking about Bill Belichick, obviously, not Tom Brady. (laughs) Uh, It took Jared Goff at least 2.6 seconds to throw the ball 60% of the time, which is the highest percentage in the league. This is really uncommon tags for a quarterback who's not mobile. Yeah, it really is. You know, a lot of time when you look at the time to throw, you'll see a lot of quarterbacks who are mobile. You know, the Tyrod Taylors, the guys like Lamar Jackson, because they're scrambling in the pocket and then they're going to throw. So to see Jared Goff here, it kind of it's it's a testament to how good his offensive line was that allowed him to do that, to hold on to the ball that long uh, for 60 percent of the time, because a lot of quarterbacks don't have that comfort in the pocket. And I think that's what you saw towards the end of the year is just like even, you know, in that game against New England, Jared Goff was pressured on 43 percent of his dropbacks. And it obviously affected the way he was throwing the ball and what he was throwing the ball into there wasn't much separation with his wide receivers Uh, the game plan we could talk about that all day but it kind of just goes to show if Andrew Whitworth the left tackle for them decides to move on which it's rumored that is very possible I was just gonna ask about that because he's 37 years old man yeah and like he's saying that he's gonna sit down with ownership and talk about it but um if he loses him I mean that's a huge hole in that offensive line was he the best left tackle in the league this year even as a 37 year old 
this year he might have been. I mean, Tyron Smith is still dominant. Like, I'd take Tyron Smith over him, but at the same time, he's right up there in that conversation. Yeah, the Rams' offensive line was really good. And we saw what happened with Goff when he did not have a good offensive line. He looked like Bambi out there. Yeah. He could he couldn't he was like tripping over himself because he was so scared. He's not good under pressure. We saw that in the Super Bowl as well. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with this Rams offense moving forward. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of question marks about that. But uh, uh, sticking with that Super Bowl, you know, conversation and a guy that played in the Super Bowl and it might have been his last game. I did want to give a, a tribute to him in this in this uh, podcast today because I wanted to share a stat that just kind of goes to show the greatness that we may have underappreciated. So as good as Travis Kelsey, this is my next stat, by the way, as good as Travis Kelsey was averaging 12.0 standard fantasy points per game in 2018 that led all tight ends rob gronkowski has four seasons where he averaged at least 12.2 fantasy points per game so holy cow so kelsey's season that he had this year gronk has had legit like you know he may have missed some games in there but in points per game gronk was better than kelsey was this year in four different seasons you know the amazing thing is that how good gronk is we talked about oj howard Hunter Henry has been the most efficient of all these tight ends whenever he gets targets. It's just a matter of how many targets he's going to get. Next year, he's going to be healthy as well. And I know he's got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to compete with, but come on. We're talking about one of the best tight ends in football. Can't wait to draft him. It's tough not to like him, like especially when you talk about replacement at the position. But, um, I, I mean, I just want to say that if, if Rob Gronkowski does decide to retire, I don't want people to like literally leave, you know, with the impression of 2018 on their mind. Like he was one of the greatest players I've ever seen play. You know, he has obviously trended down. He looks clunky out there. But uh, so if he does retire, he's a Hall of Famer. Could you Hall of Famer? He's the greatest of all time. I don't think you could have a conversation with anyone within their right mind who doesn't think Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time, right? Yeah, Tony Gonzalez, a lot of people would throw up that argument, and Tony Gonzalez was phenomenal. Like, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah, Gronk, it's like when you talk about the Hall of Fame, you think about guys like Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, man. I, I think he is far and away the best tight end to ever play the game. It's been a real treat, and uh, I'm imagining he's going to retire and go into Hollywood, but it's kind of a bummer that the last season he gave us wasn't typical Gronk. He just didn't look right. Yeah, for sure. All right, here's my next one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes... Threw a touchdown on 8.6% of his passes in 2018 tags. That is an astronomical rate. The seventh highest mark of all time. And that's going to make a lot of you think, well, Patrick Mahomes is just the GOAT. So, of course, <laughs> he's going to do that. Here's a list of the quarterbacks who are ahead of them, included uh, with their touchdown rate in the season, as well as the following season. Peyton Manning, 9.9 to 6.2. Ken Stabler, 9.3 to 6.8. Deshaun Watson last year. 9.3 to 5.1. Aaron Rodgers, 9.0 to 7.1. Tom Brady, 8.7 to 5.0. Mark Rippon, 8.7 to 4.6. Patrick Mahomes, no matter how good he is, no matter how much he improves next year, he's going backwards from that 8.6% rate. It's, it's not going to stick around there. Tom Brady, we talk about him as the GOAT, maybe. Most people think that he is. Tom Brady's at like 5.2 for his career. So Patrick Mahomes, you're telling me he's 60% better than Tom Brady? No, no way. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've talked about that a few times in the show and how that's why we wouldn't draft Patrick Mahomes in the first couple rounds and that, you know, e even if he, you know, if he re like replicated his season here, his uh, value over replacement player that Bobby has has brought up, you know, in, in regards to value-based drafting, he, he would be a borderline first-round pick. That's it, a borderline first-round pick if he did the exact same thing he did this year, next year. So talking about the regression and how all these 
these players, they lost at least 1.9% off, off their touchdown rate. You know, a lot of them dropped down three or 4%. So you're going to talk about him being in that five to 6% territory. And that's still elite. Patrick Mahomes can still be an elite quarterback and not throw for 50 plus touchdowns next year. So I do believe that there's going to be regression and Patrick Mahomes is going to fall further in line to maybe where someone like Aaron Rodgers has been throughout the majority of his career. Yeah, that's right. And that could still be the QB one, but it's not someone you want to draft in the first round. Correct. All right. What's your next one, buddy? All right. So this one's a combined stat. I wanted to throw two because I, I wanted it to give you substance, you know, when talking about it. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott led the NFL with 304 carries. That was the lowest mark for a league leader since way back in 1990 when Ernest Biner led the league with 297 carries. Then, okay, Julio Jones led the NFL with 170 targets this year. Over the last 10 years, that would rank just 23rd among wide receivers. That's tied for the lowest league leader since 1998. How is that possible that we have, you know, a, a, a running back that led the league with 304 carries, which was the lowest since 1990, and then a wide receiver that tied for the lowest league leader since 1998? How is that possible? Because, you know, running and passing, that has to happen, right? The, the idea here is that the ball is being spread out more than ever among both running backs and wide receivers. So that's why it goes back to, you know, before, Bobby, I used to be the type that would say, I, I'm willing to trade a player. You just have to pay me for him. Nowadays, if you have a player who's getting elite volume, which is very hard to find, if you have a running back that's getting 20 touches, if you have a wide receiver who's locked into 10 targets per game, I am almost saying they are on your do not trade list. Like, figure out some other way to make it work. You do not trade those. Like, if someone's offering you... If you can get three of those guys, you win your league. It doesn't matter what the rest of your roster looks like. It's like, Bobby, like, you know, we get those questions before the season. And, like, you know, this guy's offering me his third round pick, his fourth round pick, and his seventh round for my first round. Should I do it? The answer is no. You don't do it. So, Ezekiel Elliott, like, I think, you know, the 304 rushes, yeah, that was low, but... He had 381 touches, Tags. Oh, he did. That's what I'm saying is like he's... That makes me nervous about drafting. That's why I've got Saquon ahead of him. Well, it's like, you know, once you get over the 400 touches, that's when it's like, woo. You know, after that season, it's really tough. 360 is the dangerous mark. Yeah, and Zeke was... The, the crazy part with Zeke is that he was even more impressive once Amari Cooper got there. Some people thought that Amari might take away some of his totals. He didn't. He got better. He didn't score as many touchdowns, but that we know that that's volatile. So that's why I'm saying Ezekiel Elliott, he's someone that is definitely in the conversation for number one. All right, here's my next one, and I'm, I know you love them all, Tags, but especially this one because you love Devontae Adams. He led all wide receivers with 31 red zone targets. His 12 red zone touchdowns also led all receivers, and no one else had more than eight. Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in all of football, and he's paired with maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not going to say he's the best receiver in football. I mean, if you want to tell me Devontae... I would put Hopkins and Jones ahead of him for sure and maybe one or two others yeah AJ Green is, is definitely ahead of him like I just think about these guys playing with Rodgers for the time that Devontae Adams has and Adams is very impressive I'm not gonna say he's not but that's why he's my number one receiver he, he's a star with or without Aaron Rodgers he is a star um I don't think I mean we saw that when Aaron Rodgers got hurt two years ago you know like he had to go in there and play with what's his name Brett Hundley <laughs> I almost forgot his name that's how insignificant he was but uh <laughs> we we did see Devontae Adams produce with him so it was in a bad offensive system too you know Mike McCarthy running that offense so I do happen to like Devontae Adams an awful lot. I won't say he's top five, but when it comes to fantasy football, that's what we care about. And Aaron Rodgers trusts him. I am going to take Devontae Adams, the number one wide receiver off the board, uh, just because of basically the consistency. And even if the Packers, you know, some people are like, well, what if they draft a wide receiver in the first round? You know, they have two first round picks. 
they're not going to have the chemistry that that Devontae Adams has with Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to happen. I don't care who it is. So yeah, Devontae Adams is the number one receiver on my board in 2019. I think most people are going to take Tyreek Hill there, man, because he's the cheat code. Uh, he is the cheat code, but he's uh, I think I have him as my number six wide receiver, which too volatile. I mean, in terms of if I'm projecting who's going to have the most fantasy points, Hill is one or two, maybe three for me. But if I'm projecting, you know, who do I want on my roster? Who's going to help me win the most games? I don't think that it's Hill. I have him outside my top five as well. Yeah, consistency matters. Absolutely. It does matter. So that's why Hill gets a nick and he moves down boards a little bit. All right, Tags, you've got four more. I've got three more. All right. So uh, this one is just an interesting one is that it's the golden age of tight ends. So sit back and appreciate it. Of the top 12 tight end seasons all time. So like yardage, top 12. Only two of them were not playing football in 2018. Tony Gonzalez and Ben Coates. They are Ben Coates. Yeah, those yeah, Ben Coates has a, a top 12 yardage season in under his belt. But uh, of the, like, that's what I'm saying. Two of them. So 10 of the top 12 tight end seasons were, were come from players who are playing in 2018, which is just it's the golden age of tight ends. So embrace it. And we haven't even seen Hunter Henry in his prime, man. All, all 12 <laughs> of those are going to belong to him by the end of his career. OJ Howard, too, man. Yeah, you're right. Those guys are a lot of fun. George Kittle still super young. Wow, Ben Coates had a really good career. I'm looking at it right now. He had 96 receptions, 1,174 yards, only seven touchdowns. But dang, man, that's really good for a tight end in the 90s. Absolutely. All right, my next one here. Christian McCaffrey broke the record for most receptions by a running back with 107 of them in 2018. Saquon Barkley's 91 receptions ranked sixth all time. Well, James White's 87 receptions ranked 12th all time. Tags, this is what concerns me here. I was just thinking about, you know, Christian McCaffrey finished within a phenomenal PPR season. You talked about how good Barkley was all time, but Christian McCaffrey was right behind him. And I want to draft McCaffrey very high because of that. But then I'm thinking, this is because Cam Newton was not healthy. I mean, his average depth of target was not very deep, Cam Newton's that is. And that's because, you know, he was injured. I don't think he's going to check down to Christian McCaffrey as much next year. Yeah, that was one of the stats, and I, I'm, I'm ashamed that I don't remember it off the top of my head right now, but one of the stats was that Cam Newton, only I think it was 8.3%. Uh, don't quote me on that one, but it's in the article. Well, I'll pull it up, man. Fantasybros.com slash facts. It's easy to get to. There you go. So if you guys go there, that's what I'm saying. It's like Cam Newton, I want to say it was 83 or 6.3% of his throws went 20 or more yards down the field. That was the lowest in the NFL by far. Nobody else was less than 146 percent yeah so that's the thing is like and newton was at 16.3 the year prior so yeah it it was cut in half because of his injury that's exactly the stat i was looking for is that is you know like you, when you see his career numbers he was a guy that take would take shots down the field and he just turned into a different quarterback this year and that might have had to do with the arm and the panthers have already acknowledged that they're going to bring in another back uh to to kind of you know coexist with Christian McCaffrey because they understand that he can't carry the ball that many times. He can't get that many receptions. Um, he's still going to be very valuable. Like don't, don't take this as me saying that Christian McCaffrey is going to be non-existent. I just think that they're going to bring in someone. He's going to lose some of those touches and he's going to lose some of those receptions. Like CJ Anderson, who they uh, should have just kept. <laughs> oh man. Oh, wait, can somebody check that? What's the, what was, what was the Panthers record with CJ Anderson on the roster? And what was their record without him on the roster? Because that's when the Panthers took a, a turn for the worse. Seriously, McCaffrey and C.J. Anderson are a perfect duo, and they just got rid of him. I didn't. I, I thought that they would use him more. Um, and, you know, like he looks like a big dude. And I, I just wish they would turn Curtis Samuel back into a running back. Yeah, he's going to like he's the hybrid. He's going to be used in multiple like in a lot of different ways, I would imagine. He is awesome, man. I love everyone knows I love Curtis Samuel. Yeah, he's fun to watch. 
All right, what's your next one, buddy? All right, so among the running backs with at least 30 targets, Kareem Hunt's 10.8 yards per target were the most by a running back over the last 15 years and second all time. Number three on that list is Spencer Ware, who averaged 10.6 yards per target in 2016. Maybe Andy Reid knows how to use his running backs in the passing game. That's what I'm taking from this. You have two different running backs, and they, they own two of the top three yards per target all time among running backs. So, Tags, Bill Belichick's obviously the GOAT. No one's going to fight me there. But who's better, Sean Payton or Andy Reid? Man, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Andy Reid, and the reason I'm gonna say Andy Reid, you know, it, it's weird for me to say this out loud, but when you stop and think about it, it's like Andy Reid's done it with a lot of different quarterbacks. Sean Payton has had Drew Brees for his career. I mean, that's a pretty good quarterback to be working with. And Andy Reid, obviously, he had McNabb, um, but then you go forward and you see he had Alex Smith for a lot of the time too. So I mean, yeah. And Mahomes now, I mean, that's why I think you see some record numbers is because it's just like Andy Reid gets a, a shiny new toy, and he happens to be really freaking good. Andy Reid times Patrick Mahomes equals you know, greatest season of all time, maybe. Yeah, pretty much. It was the greatest fantasy season of all time. No, I don't think so. I'm going to argue with you there. I know it was in terms of how many points he put up, but if we're talking about how many points above replacement, Patrick Mahomes was QB number 20 in the past like 30 years. Yeah. He was at 135, uh, tied with Kurt Warner, Randall Cunningham. He was 50 points behind Dan Marino's 1984 season. Wow, that's crazy. All right, and that's a bonus stat for you guys. Let me jump into my next one here. Despite not taking over the starting job until week four, Baker Mayfield's pass catchers dropped a league high 322 air yards. Tags, he broke the record for rookie touchdown passes in a season despite missing the first, what, four, five, six games? And despite having the worst wide receiver core maybe in the NFL, the offensive line wasn't very good this year, the running game was okay, Baker Mayfield is going to be a superstar. He might already be. All right. So, you know, one of the things that we have on bettingpros.com is, is we do these fun things all the time. We're talking about next year's sleeper in the Super Bowl, like someone that you think that is like, you know, like the odds are not very good for them to win the Super Bowl, but you think they have a chance. I think the Browns are a team. You know, you look at what they did under Freddie Kitchens. Uh, you know, the, the odds right now are plus 3000. So it's 30 to one odds for the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's you know, those are great odds in your favor. I was looking over their roster they don't have very many holes. I think a left tackle could be, uh, that's definitely on the high end of the wish list. They could use maybe another defensive tackle to go on that defensive line, but they're, the pieces are there. They have the most money to spend in free agency, and it's not even close because they rolled over so much money from last year. The Browns have a legit shot. It would, and with Baker Mayfield there, like, I don't, I don't doubt it. Like, honestly, the kid, he, you know, he's performed on the big stages before he can play, and uh, he's proven that the NFL is just not too big for him. So, uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, um, he did a lot with with very little in 2018. 30 to 1 odds. I'd probably put it at uh, 25 to 1 in my mind, which is a great value. You're not going to find uh, very good values better than that. The one I do like more, though, Tags, is the Colts, um, you know, because they've got all this money as well. Andrew Luck is there. The defense is great. Frank Reich is is amazing. I think the Colts are a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl next year. They have a couple players who are slated to leave in free agency. Uh, you know, the secondary is going to need some work in terms of cornerbacks. But Frank Reich's, you know, the defense there this first year, like it was impressive what they accomplished with, you know, minimal quarterback talent on the roster. So that's, that's definitely not a bad one. But the odds are obviously, you know, uh, you get better odds by going with the Browns. 
All right, you got two more, and then I've got my final one, and uh, it is a great stat tag, so I'm glad you found this one. Nice. All right, well, let me give you this one. There have been just 16 wide receivers who have been able to finish as a top 20 fantasy receiver with less than 100 targets. All right, so to finish top 20 with less than 100 targets, it's almost non-existent. 16 of them over the last 10 years, okay? Mike Williams this year did it on just 66 targets. Tyler Lockett did it with 71 targets this year. No other wide receivers can say they did it with less than 79 targets. So it's kind of ridiculous what Mike Williams did this year. Uh, Obviously, a lot of it came in the red zone, but that's really not going to go away with Phillip Rivers. So I just wanted to highlight how impressive it was for Mike Williams, you know, and how I continue to say that he should have been getting more targets all year long. And I have no idea why they continue to roll Tyrell Williams out there as the number two. They won't do it next year. There's no chance. I mean, the coaching staff compared him to Terrell Owens. He's built like a defensive lineman. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy and uh, he knows how to use his body extremely well. High points the ball well, obviously has some chemistry with Rivers in the red zone. So if there's anybody that can cap Hunter Henry's upside next year, it's it's Mike Williams. I think you're right, man. Uh, yeah, Mike Williams is six foot three. He is a big dude. Here's my last one. This is just these are video game numbers. If you remove throwaways, batted balls, spiked balls, drop balls and attempts where the quarterback's being hit as he throws. So basically the quarterback is just sitting back there and he can throw it to his receiver. Someone's trying to guard him. Drew Brees completed an NFL record 82.2% of his passes. Tags, that is stupid. It is quite stupid. And uh, it, like on the flip side of that, if you were to remove all that stuff for Josh Allen, uh, he was the worst in the league. And I think he only completed 64% of his passes. Oh, wow. It's in it's in, it's in the article again, guys. Go check it out, uh, fantasypros.com forward slash facts. But that's just that's it's kind of ridiculous. And I was looking at the uh, next gen stats of Drew Brees. So basically, they look at where he throws his targets, the expected accuracy rate. So based on the you know how far down the field it was, based on the average amount of separation that he had uh, with the wide receiver and cornerbacks, based on all that, he actually completed I think it was seven percent over what he was supposed to. Nobody else in the NFL averaged more than four percent of what they were supposed to. So Drew Brees was just on point all year. Man, he was absolutely incredible. And I know Mahomes deserved the MVP, but Drew Brees had one of the best seasons we've ever seen. He did. He uh, he was very efficient, and uh, you just wonder how, it, how it's going to translate in 2019. I hope they get to the Super Bowl next year, man. They're going to be so mad the whole year. Like, their fans were protesting the Super Bowl. Have we ever seen that before? I was rooting for him this year because, obviously, the Bears were eliminated, but I can't root for him knowing that the Bears are, are a team that can compete for a Super Bowl. Oh, that's that's fair. So I can't root for him anymore, but I was going to be this year, obviously. I had hoped that Breeze made there. I love Breeze, man. I love Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is furious like I wouldn't be surprised if he catches 10,000 passes next year Michael Thomas is furious all the time though like have you watched him like like his antics on the field he's a he's a very emotional guy he's a lot of fun all right what's your last one it better be good this one was tough to go down to but I just want to you know it's you know I've been giving a lot of tight end stats so I'm going to go with quarterback despite not taking over the starting job until week 11 all right think about that he was not a starter you know for the first 10 weeks of the season Lamar Jackson set the NFL record for rushing attempts by a quarterback. No, he did not. Are you serious? 147 rushing attempts. His yardage. What? His yardage ranked 11th all time. So his yardage wasn't as impressive. But to know that he did not start until week 11. So he had seven starts under his belt. And those seven starts crazy and I, if you go through and remove some of the the numbers you know because he did have rushing attempts before he took over as a starter but I still went through and it's ridiculous to know that he set that record it, and and you know switching to him on the fly I don't know if that changes that number I don't know if it's like no this is what they're gonna do 
And they were winning games, too. It's not like it was just a, a, a gimmick or something. But, yeah, the Ravens are a team that the entire identity of that team is going to change here really soon because, like, looking over their their depth chart, that they're a team that's, like, getting hit hard in free agency because, like, the defense, Terrell Suggs, Darius Smith, C.J. Mosley, Brent Urban, all those guys are unrestricted free agents. So, you know, you could see them move in a different direction. Uh, obviously, if their defense is playing well, he was able to, to play that ball control style thing where it's like he's going to rush a lot. But if he's asked to win games... That could be where it's like, okay, did we move on too quick to Lamar Jackson? Tags, I'll tell you what. If he could throw, like, say, uh, Kyler Murray, he would be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, in fantasy at least. Yeah, in fantasy. And that's the thing is he, I mean, he wasn't great in fantasy, but he was consistent. Uh, He was consistently into that, you know, QB 10, QB 15 range. And that's, you know, that's a high floor starter. He's not going to lose you weeks. And uh, again, knowing he took over midseason, that's really hard to do for an offense. So, you know, they're going to lose John Brown, most likely in free agency. I wonder what they're going to do at wide receiver. Are they going to get him a playmaker like a, like a Marquise Brown in the first round of the NFL draft? I don't know, Uh, but we're going to see, but I thought it was insane to see that he set the record for most rushing tents by a quarterback, despite not starting until week 11. He was the uh, QB seven in that time. Like I know he was never a top 10 quarterback during those weeks but he was QB7 overall because he was so consistent now tags I'm going to give you five of the names ahead of him Deshaun Watson Patrick Mahomes Dak Prescott Matt Ryan Andrew Luck who was also ahead of him the number three quarterback in that time it was Josh Allen Josh Allen was the number three fantasy quarterback over the last seven weeks of the season yeah, there was like a, in the fantasy playoffs, I think that I think he may have been number one. It was kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. He was number two in terms of average because he played six games in that time. Deshaun Watson played seven. So he was right behind Patrick Mahomes, dude. And where would you draft Josh Allen next year? Uh, I wouldn't. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're in sync on that one. That's all for today's show. That was a lot of fun. Again, it's fantasypros.com slash facts if you want to check it out. Also sign up for the signed T.Y. Hilton helmet giveaway. It ends this weekend. We're picking a winner at fantasypros.com slash contest. Thanks also to the sponsor of today's show, pristineauction.com. Make sure to head on over to their site and find those football values right now while you can at pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me just.